Welcome everybody to a Hope Alive Church podcast. This is Pastor Andy. We hope that you enjoy the word today. We hope that it grows, stretches you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Put the phones down. If they didn't show up tonight, they don't need to see it. Pastor Cliff told me if I didn't wear this, I was fired. Y'all want to take the Word of God serious tonight or not? Oh, how many of you ever seen the movie A Christmas Story? I'll put my BB gun right here, my Red Rider. Y'all ain't gonna forget about this message for a while, are you? <laughs> Christmas Story is one of my favorite Christmas movies, and it's not hard because I don't really like Christmas movies, to be to tell you the honest truth. My wife considers I'm a Grinch. I have about three or four Christmas movies I'll watch, and that's about it. Elf, which we've done. I think all the Christmas movies I like is the ones we've already done, and the Elf, I obviously watched that one. Die Hard, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and I do like that movie, right? All right, and we did Home Alone. Pastor Martha did that last week, and that was fantastic, and I love Home Alone. Uh, but, you know, my wife calls me a Grinch, but if I was a Grinch, I wouldn't be doing this for y'all, would I? All right, you, you know, set her straight. He's not the Grinch, right? But for all of you who are Grinches and have not seen a Christmas story movie, let me go ahead and expound to you a little bit what the movie is because it's the message today is going to play off of that a little bit. And we know the main character is a little kid named Ralphie, and Ralphie, his heart is set on a Red Ryder BB gun, right? That's what he wants. He wants this Red Ryder BB gun. He doesn't care about anything else. He doesn't care that his family puts the funk in dysfunctional, right? He's still focused on, I mean, how many of you understand about the funk and dysfunctional comes a family, right? Okay. If they're here, look at me. Don't look around. Look straight at me, right? He doesn't care about any of that. He just cares that he wants this BB gun for Christmas. That's the only thing that he wants. And Ralphie mentions me several times in the movie about how his dad, his dad is, has a temper. His dad has a, is notorious for his language. and He doesn't care. He didn't ask for anything. He just wants a BB gun. That's what he wants. But when Christmas rolls around, the present that he's forced to open first is from his aunt, which is... And he's less than happy. It's not what he wants for Christmas. He doesn't want a bunny suit, right? But his mom makes him put this bunny suit on, and it's ruining his Christmas. He hates this thing. Now, he eventually does give a BB gun. And you know what? Everybody he talked to, from Santa to his parents to everybody, his teacher, about a BB gun, what did they tell to him? They said, kid, you're going to shoot your eye out. And so everybody tells him this, so he doesn't think he's going to get the BB gun, but once he gets the BB gun, what does he go do? He takes a shot, and he bounces it off a sign, his very first shot, and what's he do? It comes back, and ricochets and hits him right underneath the eye in the face. And he falls on his ground, and his glasses break, and, and, and so he, when Christmas seems like it can't get any worse, 
Doesn't feel like it's going to get any worse than it is. He, when he goes back in the house after shooting himself in the face, he's crying. He leaves the door cracked open. And when the door's cracked open, the neighbor's dogs come in the house and they ransack the kitchen and completely destroy the whole Christmas dinner that mom had prepared for them. And so at this point, everybody's upset, but at the end, the dad finds a Chinese restaurant that's open and they all go have a Christmas dinner together, eating goose at the restaurant. Now, I think this movie, like the other movies we've used in this series, you can pull some biblical truths out of it, and that's what we're going to do tonight. And so first of all, you know, when I was thinking about this, I was like, God, what am I going to do besides wear some stupid bunny suit up here, right? And trust me, after I got this bunny suit, I tried to get out of this thing for a while. My wife would not let me out of it, all right? Once I tried it on, I thought, oh my gosh, this is stupid. What am I thinking? It sounded good at the time. Well, she wouldn't let me out of it. But this movie, sometimes it just makes me think, sometimes we become so focused on what we want, we can begin to ignore the blessings around us, right? We get so focused on what we want. Or we, let me tell you, we get so focused on what we want that sometimes we begin to ignore what it is that we need in life. Because sometimes what we want isn't necessarily what we need, right? You know what I want more than anything in my life right now? or what? I won't say more than anything, but I've, it's been high on my list for years and years and years. I want a new Harley-Davidson. Come on, can picture me. Come on, that's right. I got some of my, and hey, I'll get one, and I'm going to wear this, and we're going to go riding, brother. All right. I want a new Harley-Davidson. You know what my wife wants more than anything for Christmas? For me not to have a new Harley-Davidson. <laughs> And it's been a source, and to be honest, we've, we've argued about it, man. We've butted heads over it. It's been a source of conflict at times in our marriage because I want that Harley Davidson. But let me tell you something right now, church. If I'm not careful, that want, that desire that I have in my heart, it can disrupt my joy because I want one, right? And it'll cause me to ignore the blessings that I have in my life already. And, but at the same time, y'all need to pray for it because she needs to hear from God about this, all right? The Bible says a lot about our heart's desires, right? It does. And I'm gonna quote a lot of verses at you tonight, but I'm gonna give you two verses to start off with that it seems like they contradict each other until you understand the context and you're gonna find out they actually work in perfect harmony. In Jeremiah 17, nine, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure, who can understand it? The heart is deceitful above all things. So the prophet here is saying, you can't trust the desires of your heart all the time. Because the desires of your heart sometimes are going to be led astray because sometimes our heart isn't right. Those desires are going to deceive you. If you just follow your heart, like often is advised, it's going to lead you astray at times. At times when you tell people, man, just follow your heart, that is the worst advice you can give them. Sometimes it's the worst advice you can give them. Yet, in the book of Psalm, verse 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So one verse says, don't trust your heart. And the other verse says, but God will give you the desires of your heart. So which is it? How does this thing work? Well, the key is found at the beginning of that verse in Psalm, because before it says God will give you the desires of the heart, it says what? It says, delight yourself in the Lord. And, delight yourself in the Lord. And, this is what God will do. The Hebrew wording for delight here is, it, is a little bit deeper than our typical understanding of the word delight. It's a form of self-delight. It's literally telling you to find your meaning, your purpose, your joy, your life. Find it in God 
And when you find all of that, your purpose, your joy, your meaning in life in God, now the desires of your heart line up with his purpose in your life, right? You see, when, when it comes to the desires of our heart, I think there's three, three categories our desires fall in. I think there's holy or godly desires, and we can read about those in scripture. You have godly desires in there and things that God, scripture is very clear. I think we have ungodly desires, right? Sinful desires in our life. And the trouble with those is sometimes they sound really good, but we know they're not godly, right? You know, ungodly desires are kind of like, it's kind of like Taco Bell, man. It sounds good at the time, but you know it's going to mess you up later, right? And that's what ungodly desires will do in your life. But then I believe that you have desires in your life or desires in our lives that are kind of indifferent. And what I mean by that is the desire in itself isn't necessarily a godly desire. And it's not an ungodly desire. It's just, it's just a desire that you have in your life that really isn't good or bad in itself, right? So the answer that we have to figure out is how do we navigate through those desires? Because those, I believe, make a big chunk up of our life and really determine where we're going in life and some of the situations we get ourselves into life, right? And the answer is found really is are you delighting yourself in the Lord or are you not delighting yourself in the Lord? Because listen to me, church, when God's purpose for you is first and it's foremost, it will begin to lead you through the desires and the decisions you're going to make in life. And so when you get to the point when you understand this is God's purpose in my life, this is where I'm going with God, or this is who I am as a man of God or a woman of God, that begins to be a filter for every decision you have to make in life. And it becomes a filter for the desires that you have in life. In Proverbs uh, 16.2 says, A man's way seems innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So our, 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 our desires, they seem innocent to us, but are they rooted in what God's best is for us? They seem innocent to us, right? But God says, well, well wait a minute. You might think they're innocent, but I'm going to weigh the motive of this. I'm going to weigh the motive of this desire in your life. It'd be like me saying, you know, I love my wife. And because I know that every night I'm going to come home to my wife, that when I'm out and go to the store during the day or from at work during the day, well, you know, then I, then I can flirt with other ladies. And that's what it's like with God, right? We, it's like, I'm always going to come back to God. So, and because we know we'll always come back to God, how many know sometimes we'll justify a lot of junk? We'll justify a lot of stuff that we're desiring in here because we know we're going to come back to God, right? And so, you know, I say, man, I love my wife, babe. I see you later. But then I go out to the store, you know, because I know I still got game, right? And I'll be like, hey, baby, you know, hey, hey, man, you know, are you a bank loan, baby? Because you have my interest, right? Come on, hey, 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 hey. On a scale of one to ten, you're a nine because I'm the one, honey, right? Come on. Do you have a bandage? Because I scraped my knee when I fell for you, right? Come on. Okay, yeah, you, see, some of you look at my wife and you look at me and you will say, how in the world did you land her? Now you know. Now you know. Because I got game. My doctor told me that I'm missing vitamin U. <laughs> All right, come on. Is your name Google? Because you're answered everything I'm searching for, baby. Woo! Come on. Oh, oh, come on. Move on, move on. Oh, come on. Yeah. Guys, part of the free service we have at the church, if you look for a wife, I'll give you advice. I'll give you counseling. All right? That's all right. You a campfire? Because you're hot and I want some more, honey. Come on. Okay. We're moving on. We're moving on. I got out of hand here. All right, here we go.
We have desires. Some are good, some are bad. We justify a lot that are in the middle because we know we think we're going to come back to God. But, you know, yeah, you can laugh at my pickup, but, you know, come on, ladies, some of you ain't innocent either, right? Some of you ladies, you want a husband, you want a man. Some of the things you'll settle for. You ever read about Ruth and Ruth and Boaz in the Bible? You know, you have Ruth and you have Boaz. And, and, and Ruth waits a long time for Boaz. She does. And, and, and Boaz is a, is a godly man. He's a man that God has for her. And she waits for a long time for him. And, 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 and sometimes, come on, ladies, you wait, you, you'll settle for less than God's best for you because you don't want to wait for your Boaz. Now, understand, when I say Boaz, it's with a Z at the end. Because some of you, you're dating Boaz's cousins. You're dating lying ass. Cheating ass. Shoot, some, some, of, you, some of you had a fling with dumb ass. I'm going to move on, but one more thing. Some of you dated a third cousin, beat your ass. I'm just going to say it right there. Cliff, Cliff is never going to let me preach again. I'm hoping you're enjoying it. get serious here for a second what are your desires rooted in because when the Lord's first it's going to help navigate you through decisions that you won't settle for less than what the best that he has for you you're not going to shoot your eye out kid right in Proverbs 27, 19, it says, As a water reflects a man's face, so a man's heart reflects the man. We need to examine ourselves to know that every desire that is rooted, that you have, is rooted in who you are in Christ and the best that he has for you. And let that, that begin to be a filter for everything you have, every desire you have in your hearts. And how many you know sometimes the things that you think you want, the things that you want, the desires that you think you have in your heart or desires you do have in your heart, how many of sometimes that differs from what we get? You know, I want the BB gun. That sounds like fun. That's, I want the BB gun, but sometimes life gives us a bunny suit. And I don't want the bunny suit. But when we learn to trust God, we can begin to see that God's hand is moving in our lives no matter what it is that's in front of us, Right? No matter if life is dealing us with some gifts that we don't want to have. Church, listen to me, church. You were made by God. We understand, but I want you to understand the other thing in this. You were made by God, but you were made for God. You were made for God. And until you understand that truth, church, until you understand that you were made by God and that you were made for God, life is never going to make sense to you. It won't make sense. If you don't have the correct perspective on this, life isn't going to make sense. It's going to frustrate you over and over and over again. Because let's be honest here, church, the correct perspective changes everything, but so often our perspective is blurred by desires that we justify that we know are not rooted in what God's best is for our life. 
Life isn't giving us what we want. Now, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying here right now because sometimes bad things happen in life that are out of our control. We live in a sin-fallen world. But many times we allow the wrong perspective on what's going on in our life begin to steal the joy out of our life. Well, God, if you love me, if you care about me, then why am I facing this? Why is this being dealt with me? Why is this my presence, so to speak? But if we'll be honest with ourselves, we will ask God, you know, the things that are not rooted in what's best for us, it's just rooted in what we want and what we want at the time because we haven't taken the time or had the discipline to say God I want to figure out your best for my life and then I'm going to have the patience for it why because everyone here tonight everyone I don't care if you have pastor next to your name I don't care everyone you have habits that you can't or won't break you have thoughts that you don't want You have emotions that you don't like. You have insecurities and fears that you can't hide. You have regrets and resentment that you won't let go of. See, so often we are the problem with not understanding what God's best is for us. We don't have to be taught how to be selfish. It comes naturally. If people were naturally unselfish, there wouldn't be any conflict, there wouldn't be divorce, there wouldn't be abuse, there wouldn't be greed, there wouldn't be crime, there wouldn't be gossip, there wouldn't be wars going on. Our natural inclination is to want our own way instead of waiting for God's best way in our life, and that's going to bring some things into our life that we don't want. None of us have a perfect record in this, right? In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not some of us, not a few of us, all of us, each and every single one of us. This is not a popular concept, but it isn't news either. Church, listen to me. I don't measure up to my own imperfect standards, let alone his perfect standards. And sometimes we allow the selfishness to blur the perspective of what God wants in our life. And the wrong perspective will cause you to feel like you are disconnected from God. It will cause you to feel like you are distant from Him. It will cause you to feel like like your prayers are just bouncing off the walls and not making it to the throne room of heaven. And let me tell you something, church. If you get nothing else out of this tonight, get this. If you feel far from God tonight, I promise you this. It's not Him that moved. It's not. In the last scene of this movie... And that was the last scene we showed up here when it seems like Christmas has been ruined. Ralph, he got the BB gun, but he almost shot his eye out. He got the bunny pajamas that he just didn't like and he was forced to wear them. I don't know why. This thing's actually pretty comfortable. I'm going to tell you that right now. (laughs) Dinner was ruined. Everyone's grumpy. They find a restaurant and within one another's company, they're able to laugh. They're able to enjoy Christmas. They're able to celebrate together as a family. At the end, they ended up getting exactly what it is that they needed. They got what they needed. Maybe it wasn't what they're asking for. Maybe it isn't what he went to Santa for. Maybe it was what he was believing for. But they got what they needed. Listen to me, church. So often we see salvation from one perspective. We see it as from a perspective as, well, I was saved from something bad. Well, you were. Hell's bad. Right? And we got reason to praise God and thank God for that. Hell's bad, and we get saved from that. But there's another side of this. You weren't only saved from something. You were saved for something, and you were saved for something good. 
from something bad before something good. So listen to me, church. God loves you, but let me tell you something. Get this in your spirit tonight. God is for you. He's for you. He loves you, but he's for you. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who has been called to according to his purpose. If you are submitted to his lordship, this should be great encouragement to you tonight because it says God will give or will bring good out of every bad thing that comes in his life if you're surrendered to him. That's his promise to you. And how many know if he promises something, it's going to happen, right? Listen to me, church. Listen, if, if God could speak audibly and says, hey, when you walk outside the doors of this building, it's going to be 90 degrees and sunny and there's going to be an ocean and a beach out there. You better hold on your britches because there's going to be an ocean and a beach and the sun's going to be sunny and the sun's going to be shining. He can't lie. He's promised to you. And he says, hey, if you'll surrender to me, I will bring good out of the bad things that happen in life. Because I am for you. Matthew 20, 32, Jesus stopped and called him. What do you want me to do for you? Speaking about Jesus dying on the cross, talking about communion. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. This is my body, which is broken for you, right? And see, once you've established that he is for you over and over again, that God, that God, God is for you, then you can begin to answer the most, maybe the most important question you're going to answer in your life. And that's in Romans 8.31. It says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can possibly be against us? God is for you. He's for you. God is for you. God isn't against you. He's not indifferent concerning you. He's not secretly waiting to give you a lump of coal or a bunny suit, right? He's not just waiting for you to mess it up again. He's not the Grinch that's waiting to try to ruin your day or, or, or frustrate your life. That's not who he is. No, 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 no. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Listen to me, church. No one, no one, no one wants what's best for you more than your heavenly Father does. No one. Come on, give him praise. No one knows what's best for you more than your heavenly Father does. And that's what Christmas is all about. Before Jesus came to this earth, humanity's understanding of God's love was a limited thing because we couldn't be in his presence all the time. So Jesus had to come to earth, give himself as a sacrifice for our sin, go back to heaven, send us his Holy Spirit because he knows there's only one way to establish full communication with us and that's face to face. That's presence to presence. And church, listen to me. Because of what Jesus did, there's nothing you can do to make him stop loving you. Nothing. You can try. Some of us have, I think. You'll fail. You'll fail. And you know why you'll fail? Because his love for you isn't based on your conduct. It's based on his character. It's based on who he is. It's based on not what you've done. It's based on who he is. Jesus isn't in a baby in a manger anymore, church. He's not a broken man hanging on a cross. He didn't stay in the grave. And he's not staying in heaven forever either, church, because he's a risen king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's at the right hand of the Father. And today, know this, he is for you. He's for you. Today, he loves you, he's for you, and he's with you. Tonight, you're here and you might feel like God isn't with you. 
You might feel like his presence isn't near to you. But God's presence has nothing to do with feelings, church. That's something you need to wrap your mind around. Because your emotions are susceptible to all kinds of influences just like our desires are susceptible to all kinds of influences. And our emotions and our desires are often linked together. One of the names they called Jesus at birth was Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. Jesus came to earth to remind you that he's always with you. Always with you. But we have to continually tune in to that truth. And when we tune into that truth that he's always with us, you'll discover that he'll always provide exactly what it is that you need in this life. Might not always be what you want, or how you want it, or when you want it, but it'll always be what you need. You might feel abandoned in life. You might feel rejected in life. You might feel some pain in this life. But God hasn't abandoned you. He never will. He promises you in Scripture that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Here's a promise I like too. It's found in Isaiah 43 too. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. I don't know what's maybe trying to ruin this Christmas season for you. I don't know what it ever is that's heavy on your heart, but I know this. I know God knows about it. I know that he cares about it. I know that he understands it. I know that God is going through it with you. You are not alone, church. You're not alone. One last verse, and I'm going to close. In James 1.17, that says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Jesus is the perfect gift. Plain and simple perfect gift and Christmas God loves you God is for you and God is with you what do you need this Christmas what do you need this Christmas I'm not asking what you want I'm not asking what God's oh, oh, I'm not asking what desires you have in your heart I made a mistake last week. I was driving down the road and there's a car dealership and I thought, I'm just going to pull and drive around looking around. I fell in love. They had the exact truck I wanted there. Everything I wanted, the exact color. Come on. It's not what I need. You know, I'd get it and, and guess what? It'd be a temporary happiness. I'd be happy for Church, I'm not asking you what you want. I'm not asking what you would write down on your list of Santa if you sent it off to him and say, here's what I want underneath the Christmas tree Christmas morning. I'm asking you tonight, if Jesus was here, which I believe he is, I believe his Holy Spirit's here, what do you need? Because that's his promise to you. physical healing in your life and that's what you need I 
just so happen to believe that the giver of that gift is here tonight. Some of you here tonight, and, and your heart needs to be mended. You got some hurt in here. And you've just been carrying it, and it's been weighing in you. That's what you need. Maybe tonight there's some addiction that needs to be broken. Nobody else, maybe someone even knows about. That's what you need. Tonight, I don't know. I know in this series, and I'm going to come back to it again. We've talked about it a couple times, but maybe heading into these holidays, you have some relationships that need to be restored. I know the one who's the healer. I know the one who does the restoration. I know the one who does the mending. He's here tonight, church. He's here tonight. Would you pray with me? Prayer team, would you come down? Holy Spirit, would you move in this place tonight? that you enjoyed today's message follow us on our social media platforms you can also go to our website download our app uh, we always have great things happening you can follow what's going on we love you we'll see you later